You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Hannibal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Hannibal After Show. Yes, and Bing is for doing, and we are doing Hannibal. We are we're doing Hannibal. Finally, yes. we're doing Hannibal. We're doing it. It's been about. It's been a while. It's been a while, but we're doing Hannibal. Hi, everybody. This is Nando Velasquez. Uh, glad to have you here. I'm a producer here, and uh, and also a frequent AfterBuzz host, along with my colleague across from me from Grantland and Extra and a bunch of other stuff, uh, Mister. Joe K. Braswell. Wow, that's, a, that's quite the introduction. Thank yeah, you very much. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to do justice to uh, Joe Sanfilippo, who is not here today, right. but he will be joining us. Uh, some of you uh, may know us from doing the following and also doing Bates Motel, right? And then you and Joe also do Mad Men, we and do. you've done uh, The Americans, and we uh, did. yeah, and you did. <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, and like I said, we're we're doing Hannibal right now, and uh, first of all, we're catching on a little bit late in the season. Our Schedules have been a little bit tough, and uh, but uh, we've had a lot of fun doing these shows. And there's been a bit of an outcry for some reason. I guess uh, I guess we do so well with other serial killer shows like We're the uh, serial killer show guys and gals. <laughs> we did the following for a while, yeah, uh, with Joe Carroll. We're doing Bates Motel with uh, Norman, yes, maybe Norma. And uh, and now we're doing Hannibal. So you know, I don't know what's next. We're Dexter. just covering. If you got a serial killer show you want us to do, uh, we're available for broadcast. Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. And oh, well, let's not forget our producer Marissa, who is does so much for us already, and Hello. she's been with Hello. us on the following and uh, and Bates Motel as well. So, uh, well, welcome. Yes. Yes. So uh, I got to say, uh, first of all, thank you all for for you know asking us to do this show. It's a really good show. We just uh, we honestly like it. It's just been tough with our schedules, but now that it's May and things are starting to loosen up a little bit, we, right. we have a little more free time. And we're really surprised that no one actually has, has really done this show yet at AfterBuzz, and we've been wanting it, and so we're, it's ours. So It's ours. It, it, it's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, doing pretty well for NBC, and it's actually highly critically acclaimed. If you're listening to the show, then you're already a fan, so I don't have to go into any of that. But what's cool about this is, if you haven't seen the show already... We we do live in a world of time shifting. We yeah. live in a world of of uh, binge watching. So this is a good opportunity for you guys to catch up. We're not going to go into extreme details. We're just going to get caught up. We're going to do some re- quick recaps on each episode. We're going to start from episode one. Yes. So we're not going to jump. Unfortunately, not going to jump into episode. If you're looking forward to seeing what happened this past week, uh, wait a couple of weeks. Yeah. We're going to catch up eventually. But we are going to start with episode one. This is for those who are starting late to.
to at least be able to uh, to listen to our podcast episode by episode without getting anything revealed. And guess what? I got to be honest with you. I've only seen the pilot so far. I've been right. so swamped. I've only seen the pilot, so I'm not going to be revealing anything. So I might say something really stupid when it comes to predictions to some of you guys, for all I know. It's 100% chance it's going to happen. It's 100% chance I'm going to say something stupid <laughs> on this podcast. I, uh, I've, only seen the, I've only seen the pilot, and I've only seen episode two. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing all the rest. I think we're going to do, we're probably going to do like a binge podcast of this too. We're, we're going we're to try to crank out yeah. at least three or three of these a week. I'm, I'm going to say three wow. of these a week in order to get us caught up. Yeah. By, it's a lot of TV watching people. By next week or so. Because we got our other stuff we got to watch too. It's fine. No, well, we, got, we, we got it. We love TV. We got it. We, we got this. Living. We got this. And this is, again, this is such a good show. It's not even a chore. So, right. but luckily for us, uh, we're, we're going to be watching this piecemeal and, uh, you know, episode by episode, and we will recap each one. So this one is the pilot, which is also called Apertif. 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 Very, very, uh, very, very high class. Right. Word for appetizer. The- Right. Well, no, an aperitif is what you use. Well, I guess it's technically appetizer, but it's what you use. It could be as uh, either food or drink, which yes. you use before your before your meal. The palate cleanser, more exactly. or less, right, to start the meal. So, yes. uh, so perfect, perfect, uh, perfect title for a pilot. Yes. I would say aperitif, especially a pilot involving cannibalism. Yes. Well, well, <laughs> we, we, exactly. Uh, I, you know, listen. This was this show is so much. I mean, I'm gonna just go jump back in time. I know we're having. Let's do it. The show is so much better. So much better than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. I really, you know, NBC. I'm just gonna go out there and say NBC has been having a rough time as of late. Mm. Uh, rough time with their dramas. Um, not able to really. You know, hit the mark. They've been really as a network down. They're taking some big, big swings with some big time uh, talent, some big time creators. Yeah. As, as we'll see this fall, we know they're taking some big swings. But Hannibal, I thought like Hannibal, really like they're going to rehash Hannibal again, and it is excellent. Yeah, excellent. And I had no idea that um, that Brian Fuller. Well, he's a big reason why. I mean, just the look of it and everything. Sure. Well, just that his take, just from a writing standpoint, his take. And Brian Fuller, if you don't know, uh, is the show's creator. He's also created uh, Pushing Daisies, a yes. short-lived show on, Ugh. but well-liked, short-lived show, but well-liked on ABC. Well-loved. Well-loved, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, which is a great show. He also did Dead Like Me and Showtime a while ago. Yeah. He likes dead things, right? Pushing Daisies Pushing dead. Davis is about- Dead Dave- Like Me is yeah. dead. Hannibal is a little creepy. Yeah. But uh, but he also did a bunch of- uh, a bunch of Star Trek, a bunch of Star Trek episodes. He's like, I think he did some Deep Space Nines or some. Next I believe Generations. you're right. I believe he did. Yes, but um, but anyway, he's a fantastic writer mm. and um, really did a great job of sort of bringing this world of of Hannibal that the that Thomas, oh god, the guy who wrote the books. Never mind. I'm, I can't I'm blanking on the guy who wrote the books. Name, okay, but the world that he's created and brought them back back to life. And this pilot in particular is extremely well written. It does a great job of introducing, reintroducing us. To characters that we already know, yeah. Uh, particularly before we even give, even get to the title character of Hannibal, we re meet Will Graham, Special Agent Real Will Graham, yes, who has been played in previous movies by some pretty outstanding actors. I mm-hmm. mean, this, this is a part people talk about the Hannibal Lecter part, what a great juicy part that is. Well, the Will Graham part now has shaped up into something that has been done by William by uh, William. Patterson or Peterson? Peterson. William Peterson mm-hmm. of CSI. Fame. CSI. Yeah, but he did. He he played the hell out of that at, at in in the original um, Manhunter, the Michael Mann in version, Manhunter. Yes, which is the first the first time we ever see uh, Michael 
So the first time we're going to see Hannibal Lecter on film mm-hmm. in 1986 was in Manhunter. Yes. And, uh, and Brian everyone... Cox played Hannibal Lecter then. Yeah. And um, when Peterson played Agent Will, mm-hmm. did a fantastic job. And then later we see in 2002, I believe, it was Brett Ratner did Red, Red Dragon, Dragon. Yeah. which people had mixed reviews about that I love. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I thought it was good. I think it's I, actually, I will say that's probably, in my opinion, Brett Ratner's one of his best movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, although the Rush Hour, you know, I can agree with that. But, you know, I think, I think it's just one of his best movies in terms of just an actual film. But, but, uh, Ed Norton. Ed Norton played him. Yeah. That. So, you know, you have a, you have a Will Graham of, of William Peterson, Ed Norton. So now we have my man, uh, Mr. Claire Danes himself, um, <sighs> Hugh Dancy, Mr. Claire Danes, Mr. Claire Danes, Hugh Dancy. I, you know, I, I'm sure he loves. Who is it. married to Claire Danes? I'm sure he loves being called Mr. Claire. Yeah, Danes. I'm sure he doesn't have a problem. Uh, with that. I wouldn't have a, be- a problem being called Mr. Claire Danes. Right, I wouldn't either. Actually, yeah. I wish that anyway. I, he is knocking this right the f out of the park. He's doing like, good. How? What is he doing with this role? Yeah, he's killing it. He's mm. great. Like he's brought a whole new uh, everything to this, to this role. And it's been said before by some of my colleagues at Grantland. We talk about. They've talked about this. Uh, the whole notion of like you know you've got Hugh Dancy who's playing and, and Claire Danes Claire Danes who plays um, who plays uh, um, oh my Hannah God. I think her name is no, right? no, no Hannah no what on uh, Homeland <laughs> yeah. Homeland but what's her name on Homeland now? oh my God I can't believe I'm blanking oh God Marissa. I'm blanking too Marissa oh my God I can't believe this by the way Thomas Harris is the author of the books so. Thomas Harris I'm yes. having a rough time tonight. that's okay I, it, yeah it's a rough we'll, we'll get we'll get cracking on this oh my God <laughs> Carrie. Carrie, where did I get Hannah what from? The, what are we doing? Has it been know, that long? Doing. So Claire Danes plays Carrie on Homeland. Who anyway, is, it's only been. I only like season one of Homeland anyway. So there you go. Oh God, I love I love Homeland. And I love Homeland. Well, I'm enough. kidding. I'm kidding. I love both seasons. My point is my my my, my often long winded point is, is that <laughs> Claire Danes plays Carrie on Homeland. Yeah. who is a very emotionally and psychologically disturbed genius of a special agent, mm-hmm. and Hugh Dancy plays. Well, Graham, who is a very emotionally and psychologically disturbed special agent, one for the CIA, one for the FBI, what are their dinner conversations like? <laughs> what are they? How, how do they? How are they writing they lines? Notes. Are they? Yeah. Are they, are they figuring out how to like uh, together at night? How to play the more psychologically disturbed and damaged genius? They're researching research files of damaged people. It's really of that, socially that, awkward people. Well, and also you know it's a continued streak of the Brits playing the Americans and doing the, doing a great job. And he's just, like he's very reminiscent of. Of uh, of my man, uh, and I'm just going blank all night. Of of, the, of my man uh, Matthew Reese in the Americans, yes, uh, who is another Brit. He's from Wales. Doing, he's Welsh, doing a great job in that show. Mm-hmm. Hugh Dancy, great accent, great great character, great everything. I'm a big, huge, gigantic Hugh Dancy. Yeah, man. and he's just phenomenal. And the way he plays Will Graham is just uh, great. I mean, some of the stuff he said in the pilot about his character sure. is that. He's closer to Aspergers than yeah. than uh, socially awkward, I guess. And and that yeah. his personality disorder, it's more of a personality disorder than than a colorful imagination, which uh, yeah, which I, I think lines. is a little bit of both. But he has some real. I mean, the writing again is really really well, good. Just, on that line, that. I think he, the the line that uh that was written by Brian Fuller was my horse is hitched to a post closer to the Aspergers and you know, my, my horse is hitched to a post yes, that's what closer to Aspergers and uh, and autistics which I think was a really and cool autistics that's what that was the line was it. yeah I love that I love that whole exchange that he had and uh, and, and again he's playing him in a really you know it kind of reminds me a little bit like House but but uh, you know right. he has more respect for the dead people than he does for the living well, almost exactly but it's also that weird thing that he does it's that well I think mean, you know we're jumping ahead here but that 
that Hannibal Lecter explains in very brilliantly. It's he has this level of empathy for the yes. serial killer, mm-hmm. and actually, it's actually for both. He has this empathy for the victims and the killers, so he's able to sort of go in and and, and see, you know, what the killers would actually do, what they would feel, which is which is why he's able to get inside their heads so well. Yeah, which is very much, um, very very eloquently depicted by these cool. This cool device they have with the with the, with the wipe, yes, where he kind of goes backwards into and, his dream state, into his dream state where he sort of you know embodies the serial killer and imagines how the person would have been killed. As we saw in the very first opening sequence of the pilot, yeah, which is extremely well done, where we saw him walking up and seeing the murder being taking place, and then walking backwards and the blood splatter, bl- the blood splatter backwards, mm-hmm. and all that stuff happening. And that that was that felt very Dexter to me too, seeing the blood splatter and how they were going back in time and seeing where it came from. Right. But it seems like what he's doing is not really as scientific as someone like a Dexter who analyzes. He gets into the psyche yes. of the killer, right. and even that the Dexter opening, is the killer. <laughs> And Dexter is the killer, too. Dexter is a killer. Well, you know, technically, Will Graham seems to be a killer, too, based on these flashbacks, because he's taking the persona of the well, killer. This is, this is that level of empathy. Like, he can, like, she yeah. can get inside the killer's head. Which is just crazy. And and, and no, wonder it's, no wonder he seems to be not social. I mean, he has these thoughts in his head. They're just kind of... They 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 deteriorate him in a way. Right. But that's also kind of the job of a profile. They're supposed to think like the serial killer just right. to understand their motives and behavior. Oh yeah, absolutely. Says the uh, criminal minds watcher. Yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but as uh, but as Jack Crawford, um, played by uh, Lawrence Fishburne, says he makes jumps. He makes some amazing jumps. He makes jumps that other people don't make. That other people don't make. Right. And shout out to Lawrence Fishburne, by the way, for, 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 that, that, for that character, too. Now, I made so much fun of my man Nick Donovan. <laughs> I gave Nick Donovan so much shit in the following for being for being that guy. Basically, the, the sort of the, the, the cliched, black, yeah. like, angry uh, FBI boss. But you know what? Lawrence Fishburne does it right. He just does he, it right. But Lawrence Fishburne does it right. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne can come Use in. the girls' room. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah. That was a great line right yeah, there. He's, he's, he's great. So, I mean, <laughs> he, he kind of hands Nick Donovan his hat. I mean, not, and we're not going to, we're already not going to make, I'm telling you, we're not going to make a lot of following Hannibal comparisons. They've no. made all over the place. We did the following. The following is its own show. It's no. over. It's coming back. You know, it, we we lo- we like the following for what it was. It's a great show. Hannibal is completely different, and we're really loving Hannibal too. Yes, absolutely. That is my that is my personal last following comparison. Is compare, <laughs> compare Lawrence Fishburne to Nick Donovan. Although Lawrence Fishburne would make a great Nick Fury. I'm just going to say would. <laughs> he would. As, as, as a, no, but um, I just want. But I wanted to, to do shout out the um, um, that the device of him sort of when he, that that windshield wiper device. Yeah. Sort of as he when we see him embody the character. I'm a little like the CBS procedurals, as I'm sure procedurals, as I'm sure um, Marissa will attest to, have a lot of those devices, and they drive me crazy. I'm not really gonna like. They do a lot of like, uh, like I remember Numbers used to do that a lot. Like in Numbers, the guy would like. <laughs> numbers is so underrated. No bad reason. Every, every time he would like, you know, go into some sort of trance and try to figure out like some some number equation, they would go to see like blank out and all these numbers would flash across the screen. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, Cold Case did it a lot. They got that sepia tone black and white thing. It's always these weird devices. Um, uh, you know, to sort of let people know what's you know that weird moment where the protagonist is thinking is doing his genius work. Mm-hmm. So I I hate that. 
hate when that happens. <laughs> However, in this episode, they do it. They do it so effectively and so well. They have that that windshield wipey thing. Yeah. We know where Will Graham is going into genius mode and doing his empathy for the killer thing. And it's dope. I love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. I never thought I'd go for those devices. It has a lot probably to do with the direction of, um, of David Slade, mm. who... He's great, another another Brit, but uh, he directed, I think, this episode and the pilot. Mm. He directed episode three and, a, and I think another, a couple of them. But he, he did uh, 30 Days a Night, a cool kind of oh, that's a great underrated movie. horror movie. Yeah, that, that was a great movie. Yeah, that's a really, really good movie that he did. It sort of like set the tone there. He also did uh, Twilight. He did Eclipse. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't watched him. Sure. So, right. honest. Honest, I haven't. Sure you haven't. One day I will. I want right. to. I would like to because I feel like I need to bond with. No, you don't. No, I don't. Okay, then I won't. I haven't started watching it yet. So, I, but he has a very his eye because of the 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 look and feel of this episode is fantastic. The yep. shots are framed perfectly. Even that shot in the bathroom, what you discussed with Lawrence Fishburne, yeah, with the two stalls on the side and them in the middle. It was really, I think Slade is doing a great job, and he sets a, just just the right creepy tone, mm-hmm. just the right amount of sort of well, not the right amount of blood, a lot of blood. We'll yeah, talk about in a second, but. Um, so well directed, well written pilot. This is probably one of the better pilots I've seen in a long time. Like, I mean, the Americans pilot was great. This was really great. Um, I mean, this is yeah, I love this pilot a lot. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I got. No, it describes the characters really, really well. And of course, with a, a title like Hannibal, we we got to talk about the actual titular character. Yes, the what titular? Huh. Okay. I don't know. The title character. <laughs> Titular. I don't know. I'm just saying know. something. Uh, and it's uh, Hannibal Lecter here is played by Mads Mikkelsen, who yes. uh, is a really well-known actor who hasn't really had many leads, but he's really, really well-known uh, in Europe. I think his his most well-known role is probably being in Casino Royale as a Bond villain. Yes. That's, uh, that's where I think people would know him and who he played expertly. Beautifully, that was a great there. movie. Yeah, that was a great um, role that he had, and he does a really interesting job with Hannibal Lecter here. He, he uh, it's very very creepy. Yeah, and it's almost a little too creepy at times. I'm almost kind of like, don't you, you know, can't anyone see something's wrong with this guy in a way? Well, but- I mean, it's a weird thing where like again, the character, the character, the, the our, our main introduction to Hannibal Lecter is, you know, even though. Brian Cox did a great job of playing him back in Manhunter, the, mm-hmm. the Michael Mann movie we talked about from 86. But obviously our main introduction to Hannibal Lecter as an iconic character was in 1991 with Sounds of the Lambs and what uh, Tony Hopkins did with that role. And so that that Hector, that Hannibal Lecter we know is we meet him in jail as a very scary guy who's psychologically tormenting uh, Clarice. Yeah. So we don't really get to see him, although we do in Red Dragon a little bit, we don't, we don't see him out you know, the Hannibal Lecter before he's Hannibal Lecter behind the glass, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we do see that in Red Dragon. We only see it for a little bit of a little bit of time. We only see that little bit of that Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is a good, this is, they do a really great job with this character and in introducing him as this genius. Yes. You know, as this very talented doctor, as a guy who seems to be one step ahead of, you know, of everything and everybody, as a very talented chef. You know, and a very talented butcher as mm-hmm. well, um, and but also a guy who uh, has all these great qualities and all these great things, and an impeccable dresser, and seems to be well to get all, all together. But only we, the audience, know at least in the pilot that he is actually 
you know, Hannibal freaking Lecter. Exactly. So it's everyone else to, to Lawrence Fishburne and to Hugh Dancy and everyone else. He's just Dr. Lecter. He's just some guy thing. with a charming accent who, uh, very well dressed and high class right. acting person. I think that, that is a brilliant way to reintroduce us to this character because it's a great trick to play on the characters in the movie and, yeah. and a great way to involve the audience in this role, in this world where we all know Hannibal Lecter is a cannibal and a crazy MF. And but the people we're watching do, don't know at all. Oh, yeah. So and, we're like yelling at the screen from moment one, like, there he is! And a great introduction <laughs> to, uh, it, it took about 20 minutes, I think, for them to even show him on the yes. screen. And when they did, it was the realization by Will Graham that the uh, the killer that they're going for in this episode, the one that's been abducting the, the, the eight women, mm-hmm. has been actually eating He's eating them. He's eating them. Yes. And then next thing you know, you see Hannibal Lecter preparing food. Yes. Uh, well, Close-up of the food, actually. We'll see, well, we see him eating the food. It's so weird. It's very... Oh, uh, right. it, yeah. it, and, it, and it's a, a shot of... These, you know, these a pomegranate, which is sort of, you yes. know, red, and, and there's a strawberry, and there's a fig. And oh is, yeah, good David Slade. It's a great like shot of the pomegranate, the strawberry, the fig, and mm-hmm. then it's the knife cutting some mysterious meat that we don't know what it is. Maybe it's a liver. Yeah, maybe it's whatever it is. And then very delicately taking a bite. Commercial. That was that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like there's Animal Lecter. That's him. Really, really amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, you were like. That was like an oh shit moment. That was a scary moment. That was a there he is moment. It's an uncomfortable and, moment in a way too. Just going from that to the other, and then later on, even more with the food later on. When well, uh, that's the thing. Once you've introduced the fact, since first of all, we have this built-in thing of what Hannibal Lecter is, right? We know yeah. he's scary. We know he's a cannibal. We know all these things about Hannibal Lecter. So it's already built in us from the last. 22 years, or if you go back to Manhunter, 28 years. Mm-hmm. So 28 years of Hannibal Lecter, you know. So to see, all that Hannibal Lecter has to do now is cut a piece of meat on a plate, and we're like, oh, snap! <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, oh, what is that? What I mean, is that? Who is that? Is that a nose? <laughs> <laughs> Who's he eating now? <laughs> what is that? So, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that is uh, it's a really great device that mm-hmm. I love. So, yeah, with his introduction is just him cutting a little piece of meat. Yeah. Speaking of which, we'll, we'll jump because we, we'll, we'll get through this episode. But there's a moment where, you know, obviously in this episode, and I'm not sure if it's displayed in, in future episodes, so if it is, forgive me. Mm-hmm. But there's a moment in this episode where he, him and Will sit down for that little chit chat yes. at the house. He prepares Will a protein scramble. Mm-hmm. What do we? I mean, they, they, they never really say that. Every they make the they never make the assumption that this is actually Hannibal Lecter is feeding him some not good well, meat. Uh, yeah, but we all sort of feel like, what's he eating? And, and Will's like, this is delicious. Well, I was under the impression that that was from the copycat murder. Okay. Which was the one they found that was pretty much gift wrapped out in the field with right. the antler that that, that when he mounted that, that person. That Lecter did. Yeah, that Lecter did. So I was under the impression that he actually cooked him. The lungs. The lungs. Because we do see that scene where he's... Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally got that. 100% that I felt that was it. And and it's an interesting it's an interesting interaction in general because that scene, once uh, Will Graham walked there and realized, he realized right away, this is not the killer. But something just clicked in him and he, he almost figured out the whole mystery right then and right. there on who the killer was. He figured out the whole motive and what he was sure. about and the golden ticket that he had a daughter that he was trying to protect. He figured all of this out, which almost makes me wonder if Hannibal Lecter did that in a way to to mess with him or actually to help him because 
again, he's being brought on by Jack Crawford to to assist right. a socially awkward, sure, you know, investigator. Well, the cool thing about the, the the Will Graham character, and again, forgive me if this is revealed more in further episodes, but mm-hmm. this is for all of us who are who are coming back and starting with us, like we are. Um, the cool thing about Will's character is he teeters on that verge of. Like, he's sane, but much like Carrie, he, at any given moment, he's, like, probably this close away from actually being a serial killer himself. The level of empathy that he has for these killers in those flashbacks where we get to see Hugh Dancy as an actor strangle someone, or Hugh Dancy as an actor, like, shoot those people at the beginning of the thing, it's terrifying. Yeah. And you get the sense that he is very disturbed and tortured by the fact that he can get into the brains of these killers and he doesn't like it. You see, he can't sleep at night. He has these dreams. So I feel like that there's a thing with Hannibal Lecter there who sees this guy yeah. who is like, you really don't. What I do is not so bad. You, you know what it is, right? Well, I'm going to say, here's what I'm going to say. This is my take on it. I don't think he has empathy for the killers. I think what messes him up is just reliving the deaths of these people and feeling guilt as if he's doing it. He's he's getting mm. into the minds of these people. I mean that that choking scene with the the girl that they found in the bed right. was incredibly violent, and to sure. see him doing that, uh, the the first scene was him with the gunshots, and that was really interesting. That was a little more um, clinical because he kept saying, "This is by design. This is my right. design." I feel like but, a Guy Ritchie kind of a thing. Like yeah, a little <laughs> like, bit. You know. But the 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 scene where he jumped on top of the girl, straddled her, and started choking her that was really incredibly violent, and and. You kind of f- can't believe that he's doing this, and I think in a way he can't either. I'll mm. go one step farther. I think I, I still believe he has empathy for the victims, but I really feel, based on this pilot, I got the feeling that Hannibal Lecter had the empathy for the serial killers because he's the one warning them. Right. You know, and it's kind of an interesting take where they both seem to have a, a they're different sides of the coin. Right. I don't. I, I like that take. I, I, I really believe though. I, it, I think it's a little more than him having to relive. I don't think that Will Graham is in this point where I just have to relive this thing and it sucks that I do it. When he has these flashbacks, it's like his brain works in a way that he can look at the killer, look at the the deceased, Mm -hmm. and be like, this is how they died. He must have stringed her. Like, my brain, brains don't work like that. Like, our brains don't work like that. Maybe that's that's what makes him a genius, but his level of getting inside the serial killer's brain, it's got to be torturous to him. I think that that, my, my point to that is I think that he is... You know, with the right tinkering, the right rewiring of, of, of a couple of circuits in his brain, he could be the other side. And I think that, that a guy like Hannibal Lecter maybe sees that in him and wants to sort of bring that out oh, or yeah. play with him. Well, I think that's probably also part of the reason why he's so antisocial, because he sees that in him as well. And right. he, maybe he prefers to stay away from people because he feels like he could always snap. Right. You know, there's one thing about that. He's um, got a bunch of... Cats or dogs, whatever well, he's got. Exactly, he he <laughs> he has a bunch of dogs. He's right, dogs. Uh, he's Maria Menounos's favorite character, probably on he TV. <laughs> uh, but he, <laughs> one thing that I think is very interesting that I see in the pilot is that windshield wiper effect happens. Right, and but people walk up to him in the middle of these dreams, and he's very abrupt when they that happens. Yes, you know, and sometimes you never know. He could be locked in some kind of zone, and I. I Again, I haven't seen any other episodes, so who knows? I mean, maybe someone could actually wake him from one of these little moments, and he can't control himself, and maybe he ends up doing something like choking someone uh, before they yell him to stop or or, uh, 
or or do something dangerous. Well, when the when the when the lovely Asian uh, CSI girl came up and was sort of like, you know, oh, you're Will Graham, and like was really impressed by him. Yeah, she sort of woke him out of the trance, and he didn't like it. Like he felt like he was close to getting something. He was in the middle of killing that girl in his trance. Yes, and she's like, you know, hey. He was like, what? Like, he was mad about it. It wasn't like he was like, oh, thank you. I was in a trance and I was killing someone. He yeah. was like, you know, he was upset that he was interrupted. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's really, I, I wonder about this and I wonder how that plays out with, with, with Lecter sort of tapping into that. Yeah. Well, I think there, there are a lot of questions about how Will Graham does this and, and, and what it, how it's affecting him. How it, what the toll it takes on him. And I think it's something that's what's great about this pilot that shows just enough for you to wonder and yet you know there are many different ways they can go with this later on in the season. So I can't wait sure. to see a little bit more of that and see what's going on with that. Uh, and then of course, these, yeah, just the interaction with uh, between Hannibal and Will Graham just to see the the mind games that Hannibal Lecter right. is putting on him, and I mean, come on, he fed him allegedly. He fed him allegedly. Look at you. Are you afraid you get sued? It's a protein, <laughs> a pro- <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. the victim of uh, the the culprit allegedly. Uh, yeah, I mean, he fed him food. I mean, regardless, a protein that, scramble, buddy. He, you just protein met the guy scramble. exactly, but you just met this guy like maybe a day or two ago. Sure. You're, you're on a professional basis, and you come knocking on someone's door, and you're feeding them. That's a pretty intimate action. Yeah, uh, I would think. You know, if someone just started, if Joe Sanfilippo knocked on your door and just brought his own protein, scram- that sounds bad. I'm not going to say that, but but brought some food over. That's a pretty you know personal. That's a personal thing, I would think. Right. At, at the very least, personal. That seemed, the way they were doing it, intimate. It seemed like a very, very intimate scene. I could almost picture Hannibal, maybe because I figured what it was was the lungs. I could almost fi- picture him just literally feeding him. Right. Hand, you know, like hands feeding him himself. True. It, it was done so well. I mean, I really, really liked the um, tone of that. Yeah. And what's also great about this, you know, speaking of tone as we're, as we're getting into to Hannibal and how he does his thing is once we so we're to assume, wait so let me back a little bit we we are to assume that I guess we'll put this maybe this plays out later episodes that Hannibal is the copycat killer who mounted the girl mm-hmm. in the woods to get the lungs yes and we are to assume that it, you know this is a thing where he the guy who was the cannibal the actual cannibal. This is this one I'm confused a little bit. I guess okay. this plays out. The guy who was the actual cannibal who Hannibal, at the end of Hannibal who, warned. Who warned mm-hmm. um, there's that bit where the coroner was like, she he took out the liver and put it back because it was bad. That seems like a very meticulous act to do from that construction worker. That seems like more of a Hannibal Lecter move mm. to remove the liver carefully, like. Oh, it's bad. I'll put the liver back. That just seems like a Hannibal Lecter move, not like the the clumsy construction worker as I, as I picture him. But I don't know. But we're to assume that that was a construction worker's work, and then the antler copycat was Lecter, or was it vice versa? The antler copycat was Lecter. I think the liver cancer girl. Well, don't forget the way Will Graham described it. It was out of love. He was doing right, it more okay. or less out of love. He the the girl, the intended girl, not the intended, but the one particular girl that that Will Graham uh, uh, predicted correctly that these these eight women that had this certain body type and they were all brunette and same age range. It was really about this one girl, 
And when Will Graham finally figured it out and figured it was a daughter, it was like he he almost wants to protect her. It was it was, it was really weird in a way, but. I guess when what I'm trying to say is it's not violent. It was coming out of some kind of weird, demented love. Right. So maybe he would take more care uh, hmm. for his victims to do something like that. Right. But uh, but again, it was it was it is a weird thing to put the liver back. Just the the ceremony of very... putting putting the girl back as uh, Will Graham said he called it an apology. Right. Uh, in a way, it. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Well, I will we'll see. I, I know because I've seen the second episode, so I kind of know some things, how some things develop. And, and as okay, people don't tell me yet. As as people listening to you, <laughs> most people listening to you know as well if they're even listening to us right now. Yeah. But um, but also I, one thing I did like is towards the end of the episode we see, you know, Hannibal always in this pilot seems completely in control, mm-hmm. completely one step ahead. Again, we again we as the audience know. He's Hannibal. We know that he's doing bad stuff. We have to watch him almost painfully. Watch him, like sort of smirk around Will. Like, really, Will? What else did you, What else did you discover today? Like, you know, kind of almost like I almost want him to do like a take to the camera, like, hmm, you know, <laughs> really, Will? Break the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, totally. But uh, I thought that was that whole thing at the end with the courtesy call. Like, he very like carefully folds over the tissue, picks up the phone. Does he knuckle dial? Oh yeah, <laughs> dials with the knuckle. As that's not Lee Prince, and then gives him the. Cur- this is a courtesy call. Like, is that is that is that a professional courtesy serial killer? To well, serial again, killer? it's like empathy toward a serial killer as opposed to Will. I feel like right. it's it's definitely a, a different take on it. He's like, I like what you do, buddy. <laughs> I, I like your work. Let me just give you a courtesy. You're not, you're not me. Let me give you a little courtesy call here. They know. Maybe there's a secret handshake between the two when they see each other or something, or or a little salute, or or, uh, maybe they pay their dues. I don't know, but uh, it was kind of interesting to see that courtesy call. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, because what was... Yeah, I guess it's it's Hannibal. Like, for me, I like like the whole notion of, like, one serial killer to another, buddy. They're after you. Yeah. Here's here's what I would do. I mean, that's what we're assuming the motive is. Who knows what his motive is? Again, I, I wonder if part of it is that he just is enjoying mind this mind game with uh, right. you know with w- Will Graham, or is he really trying to save these killers because he feels a code of honor amongst thieves, for example? Or something? well, there is there's an interesting thing here when you're dealing with you know serial killers and profiling these killers because there's always some sort of like motive or story or storyline mm. or origins came from this one thing and da, 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 da. as you know from as Marissa knows well from Criminal Minds and as we know from Dexter and as you know this is Will this is uh, Will's whole purpose is to like get inside the minds of these guys and figure out this is what they did this is why they did it this is why they need to do this I'm saying all that to say what is we, we, we wonder what Hannibal some motivations and needs are other than you know a good piece, yeah. of, a good piece of meat good liver you know is it just that you know I'm looking for this delicacy and I know this has been explained thoroughly in the movie Hannibal Rising and touched on in uh, uh, Red Dragon mm-hmm. and uh, Hannibal but I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember what, why he does all this I don't either but I, it's possible that he could have completely different intentions in this movie in this uh, TV show as he would right in the movie because it's a different timeline so True. it could shift but again there, there definitely is an interesting um, aesthetic between these two characters 
And in particular, I mean, Will Graham, if he could be alone, he'd rather prefer being alone. But it's just interesting to see how Hannibal Lecter is playing with that. Right. Yeah. Right. So what... Where do we go from here? What do we think is going to happen? I, mean, I guess, well, I guess that'll be, we can get into our predictions. Which you want to get into so predictions? so lame. <laughs> and now... Let's get into predictions. Predictions. So let's get into some predictions. Have a little fun. For those of you who are you know watching with us and time-shifting and binge-watching, whatever the heck you're doing, and listen to our podcast... Let's have some fun and do some predictions. I, you know, this is a little tough. It's just still one episode, and uh, I mean, as far as Will Graham is concerned, we see him kind of tormented over the the possible. Well, the girl still lives. The daughter uh, of the killer uh, still lives. Hannibal Lecter saved him, saved her. So, right. uh, so he's a little messed up right now. I, I'm going to say as a prediction. This is a great interaction, but there's got to be eventually a possibility that Hannibal Lecter is going to get caught and that uh, that people are on to him. So I'm going to say he is not going to be Mr. Impeccable, uh, you know, serial killer. He's going to make some mistakes and, and the, you know, he's going to draw a lot of suspicion. I, it's a pretty lame prediction. Well, it's only the pilot, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, Hannibal's going to There's going to be five be commercial breaks. There's going to be five commercial breaks next week. That's what I'm going to say. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything else I could say. Well, right let me ask now. you a question. Then. Okay, let me let me let me let's try this another way. Sure, please. How many episodes until we, the audience? I mean, so until the people in the show itself, Will and others, and and Lawrence Fishburne, know Hannibal is Hannibal the Cannibal. It, it, or I mean, how many episodes is it this season? Is it do and we this may already have happened, so we don't know. But is it? 13 episodes in? Is it like the season finale? They find out. Is it, has it already happened? Hmm. Does it next, is, do, we, do we go four seasons and they I, finally realize I he turns like, into Hannibal and we do the, you know, yeah, Silence of the Lambs I feel bit. like if they go too long, the audience is going to start getting frustrated because I think that's ultimately what they want to see. They want to see, they want to see them figure it out. And are we going to go to a, <clears throat> excuse me, are we going to ultimately go back to a Silence of the Lambs, you know, Hannibal behind the glass, Clarice, like, tete-a-tete. That would be interesting if they did, actually. I mean, that, that's what I like, not to not to bring up the other show we Too used late. to do. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I did like the beginning of that season when, when they well, kind of had those uh, those scenes in the interrogation sure. room with Joe Carroll and uh, Ryan Hardy in the following. Uh, I did enjoy that for a little bit. So I wouldn't mind seeing that eventually. I'm going to say, just because, uh, even though it would be great to draw it out, I'm going to say by the season finale, we're going to know they're going to know Hannibal Lecter. Right. I, I I'm going to say that. Okay. And uh, yeah. So. Can I ask a question? Yes. Yes. When do you guys think we're going to see Clarice? Ooh. I would say season <coughs> two. If they if they go to season two, I would say season two. Well, in the in the other other universe, in the other uh, universe, Clarice and um, Will don't overlap. There is a bit at the end of Red Dragon. Where, yeah, where 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 he goes into the prison or whatever, and then maybe she meets Clarice. So you can watch Red Dragon, then turn around and watch Silence of the Lambs, mm. and it's supposed to go run back to back. So, but there is no. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I, I would think it'd be. I feel like season. You want to answer your question? I, I initially thought they wouldn't bring in Clarice because this is not a Clarice story. This is a Will Graham story. However, 
it would be really cool to bring Clarice in the season too. I think it'd be interesting. I, I, they wouldn't probably have her as a main character, I, I would think, because that might be too many people in there. But, but also, known Silence of the Lambs, Clarice was was she was in training. She's fresh out of yeah Quantico. She's like in, she's jogging. She's fresh out of training. She's new. So that was a whole thing. That mm. was her whole. I wonder, maybe we'll see Clarice as a weird college student or something. Like you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, before maybe maybe Will will be the reason that Clarice joins the FBI. Ooh. That will be interesting. Anyway. Yeah. That's all that's all we got. Well well thank you. If 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 you did listen to this entire forty minute podcast, thank you so much. We were really happy. And by the way, I did not bring it up, but please, uh if you're listening to us on iTunes, please comment, please rate. Uh, we love the the ratings that we and the, the stuff that we get to read from you guys uh, on our other shows. We'd love to hear what you guys think here. Yep. I'm sure a lot of you are big Hannibal Lecter fans and know a lot about the movie, so feel free to jump in uh, and uh, let's let your friends know that we're doing Hannibal. We're going to do a couple of episodes uh, a week until we catch up, so that uh, so that at least by, before the end of the pod. season, yes, so by before the end of the season, we will be up to date and you guys can hear stuff right away, right after the episodes air. Okay. Yes. But uh, until that point, Mr. Braswell, where can we follow you or reach you? You can find me on Twitter at Joe K. Braswell and also on Vine at Joe Braswell. Wow. Vine. Vine. Vine is amazing. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> done anything yet, but I'm, 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 I'm on. Okay. I'm going uh, to <laughs> I'm gonna have to do that, too. Uh, at Joe K. Braswell on Twitter and, and, and on Vine. Also here uh, on Sundays for Mad Men and uh, with, on Wednesdays with Dua, Casey, Nando, and Joe Flippo for Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. And on Grantland.com, uh, got some pieces coming up there. Yeah. And you can find me on the Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. Also here at... Uh, as Joe said, with him on Bates Motel. And I also do, uh, I guess right now I'm doing Celebrity Apprentice, and I think I'm doing Defiance starting next week oh. now that uh, one of my other shows is done. So, yeah, so we'll be doing shows throughout the summer, and who knows, we'll probably do some more stuff. But uh, until then, tune in next time, and we'll talk some more Hannibal. Thanks. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.